From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Monday, December 7th, 2020. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. Ohio has more than 5,000 COVID-19 patients in hospitals, and that number is increasing as people who contracted the virus around Thanksgiving begin to fall ill. Tracy Townsend says the last 24 hours in Ohio reflect that. 268 more people have been hospitalized. And it's not just Ohio seeing record numbers of hospitalizations. The state of California recorded more than 30,000 on Sunday. The state is under a stay-at-home order today, and cases are not likely to start decreasing. Health officials say more cases will likely lead to more hospitalizations this month, which could seriously hurt health care systems. We're starting in the last couple of days to see the effects of the Thanksgiving surge that we've all been worried about. I'm Tracy Townsend. One health system in Northeast Ohio has temporarily closed several health care locations to consolidate staffing while other hospitals make changes. Andrew Horansky reports. This weekend, the Metro Health System announced the following locations will be closed through the end of the year. Brooklyn, Brunswick, Lynnhurst, Medina, Rocky River, State Road, and behavioral health at the main campus, both adult and child. Last week, Summa Health announced it would be suspending elective procedures temporarily. The Cleveland Clinic confirms it has the highest volume of COVID patients to date, postponing all non-essential surgeries requiring a bed or an ICU. Andrew Horansky, 3 News. Most Ohioans who were unemployed because of the pandemic have returned to work, but Michael Tater says that's not the case for everyone. Nancy Hardy of Fremont lost her job in the hard-hit entertainment industry. About a year and a half ago, everything fell together for me to finally live my dream, and then COVID happened. That dream job was working as a character with kids at Cedar Point's Adventure Island. She also worked as a seamstress, making costumes for live plays and musicals, but with live shows shut down, She's struggling to find work in that field. We shouldn't be forced to go into these other careers because this virus has affected our field. Michael Tater in Toledo. To the east of Columbus, a 56-year-old school official in Heath was the victim of the coronavirus. Molly Brewer reports. The Heath High School principal confirms that high school athletic director Ellis Booth died from complications with COVID-19. The Newark Advocate reports that Booth died at Licking Memorial Hospital after being there for a little more than a week. The Heath football team tweeted this weekend about Booth's passing, saying Ellis was a father coach, administrator, teacher, mentor, and friend so many people. Heath lost a great bulldog today. Other local high schools like New Albany and Granville also tweeted their condolences to the Heath City Schools family. I'm Molly Brewer. The governor has announced the creation of a new statewide standard for Ohio police departments to follow when dealing with mass protests. Owen's Eric Brown has more. Governor Mike DeWine called for the standard after protests broke out in May and June following the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The Ohio Collaborative Community Police Advisory Board adopted the new standard on Friday. It says the agency seeking board certification must develop policies that protect public and officer safety while upholding constitutional rights of expression, assembly, and freedom of the press. The board also says chokeholds are now largely banned under the minimum standard for use of deadly force. Eric Brown, ONN News. 
In north-central Ohio, an attempted robbery on Saturday morning in Sandusky left one man dead and three others facing charges, according to police. ONN's Dave James has the details. The Sandusky Police Department tells WTOL-TV in Toledo the robbery took place at a home where the 41-year-old owner, Tavon Myers, was shot and killed. Police say one of the suspects, 25-year-old Lavelle Chapman, left the scene and police arrested him later and charged him with aggravated murder and aggravated robbery. Two other men, ages 20 and 22, were also arrested in connection with the shooting. Police believe the robbers were looking for money and drugs. Dave James, ONN News. A southwest Ohio woman may not be home for the holidays after a drug bust in Arizona last week. ONN's Michael Kelly has more. 39-year-old Crystal Briley of Lebanon, Ohio, was pulled over for a traffic violation by Yavapai County Sheriff's deputies in Arizona Tuesday morning. They reported a smell of marijuana, to which Briley admitted having a small amount in her purse. She denied a search of the pickup truck. That's when a police canine was brought in and gave officers probable cause for a search. They found approximately 8,000 fentanyl pills, 4 pounds of cocaine, and 280 pounds of marijuana. Briley's charged with possession and transportation of narcotics for sale. Bond was set at $500,000. Michael Kelly, ONN News. An employee of Lucas County, which includes the city of Toledo, mistakenly sent over a half million dollars to a scammer posing as a construction company with which the county has contracts. More from ONN's Eric Brown. The Lucas County Auditor's Office says they discovered that the payments totaling $600,000 had been sent to a scammer on Wednesday. In report of the theft, law enforcement and financial institutions County Auditor Anita Lopez tells the Toledo Blade they're doing everything possible to recover the money. No staff are currently on leave or being investigated. An initial review shows the money was sent to a scammer posing as a construction company over two months. The Lucas County Sheriff's Office is investigating the scam. Eric Brown, ONN News. Ohio State won big on Saturday, and the new college football playoff rankings come out tonight. Dave Holmes says it was a game that head coach Ryan Day had to watch from home because he has COVID-19. The Buckeyes win 52-12 to to stay undefeated, and the head coach of the Buckeyes was very happy with what he saw. I took a lot of notes. I yelled a lot. I got really, really excited on some plays. Though I was running around the house. Um, uh, it was not easy. This was, uh, I mean, again, it's not, it's, it's all about the team, but it was, it was a difficult day. Now Michigan week is officially underway. There is a chance the Wolverines may not be able to play that game because of COVID. So we'll keep an eye on it. I think this will be a very interesting week. I'm Dave Holmes. And Artur scored in the 59th minute, and the Columbus crew advanced to the MLS Cup championship with a 1-0 victory over the New England Revolution in the Eastern Conference Final yesterday. ONN's Dave James has more. The third-seeded crew will face the winner of tonight's Western Conference Final between the defending champion Seattle Sounders and Minnesota United. Columbus defeated upstart Nashville with two goals during extra time last Sunday to advance to the conference finals while the team struggled with positive COVID-19 cases. The championship game will be Saturday in Columbus. The crew won the MLS Cup in 2008. Dave James, in News. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, and WTOL-TV in Toledo for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.